Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. So welcome back to the Inner Athlete Podcast. Uh, the first podcast of 2024, I have got a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Casey Callison, all the way over in, in the US. Is it uh, North Carolina at the moment? Yeah, North Carolina, yep. Cool. So Casey works um, in the baseball world at the moment over in the US, um, and we are uh, close friends. We um, we were interns together at the University of Wisconsin. Um, and we basically, when we first met each other to the last day we met each other, we've just kind of like forged our own paths uh, within the SNC world. Obviously with Casey being in, in the US in the baseball um, area and obviously with inner athlete for myself. So Casey, just want to give us a bit of a, a quick spiel, who you are, what you do, who you look after, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, don't forget to leave out. We were actually roommates too. We didn't just work together. We were living together. So that was, that was a really good time. And, you know, that's when we first met was back with Kevin Schultz in uh, Madison. And, you know, we had interned for a bit there in the collegiate level. Um, and since then, uh, most recently what I've been doing uh, has been working within professional baseball with the Toronto Blue Jays um, on their minor league side. My first year with them was back in 2018. Um, and I've kind of been able, I've, I've been lucky enough to work with essentially almost like every level that we have to offer there. Um, everything from like our rookie levels to like we have low A, high A, and I'm currently in uh, the double A level. I've been there for the past. This will be my fourth season there. Um, and for anybody that's not as familiar with like what those levels mean, um, essentially like when the Toronto Blue Jays or any professional baseball team um, drafts a player is they bring him in, you know, you kind of assess, grade them out, like where do they kind of, you know, fit within the system. And then, you know, the, the rookie level, um, which is basically we call it our Florida Coast League now. It was something different when I first started, but they'll start at our complex, um, just kind of get their feet wet. Uh, but then they essentially, they, they move from rookie ball or complex league to um, low A. Then they go to high A, double A, triple A, and then they make it to the bigs. Um, prior to COVID, we had actually had more levels. We had, we had rookie ball, like a higher level rookie ball, a short season low A low A, high A, double A, triple A. So it's like we, we've lost a couple leagues over the years just of like restructuring of things. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing since. And that kind of gives you guys a little bit of a breakdown of what the system looks like and kind of what the strength and conditioning coaches, like the different levels that we have within that system. Yeah, maybe just go through a typical week. What is it or a typical day? Um, or what does it look like from SNC from, I guess, a preseason perspective? <laughs> um, at the moment, it's winter over there. Obviously, you'll be start wrapping up to for, for spring. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it what does it look like um, from an SNC perspective? Yeah, um, and, and that's a good way to kind of look at it, right? Is you got your your preseason, in season, um, and off season, if you will, and you could even break it up further if you'd like um, from there if you wanted to get really specific. But I'll, I'll kind of walk you through like what we're doing now and like spring training stuff too. And any other questions, we can hit that. But um, so right now, it's essentially just staying in touch with guys throughout the off season. Uh, we set goals for guys in the off season. So essentially it's like, Hey man, you need to work on strength, power, mobility, whatever it might be. And we just basically, we stay in touch. Uh, we'll do, you know, like a monthly check-in uh, talk on the phone, send video. We prescribe all of our training. We use uh, the training apps for that. Uh, so the guys have access to all of it, but it's really just kind of like being in touch with guys and coaching from afar, answering any questions that guys may have and, and just really making sure that guys are on the right path. So that way they can have a solid start to the year and also build, you know, some solid foundation work. Because the thing is, um, 
you know, we're going to, I'm going to have to head down for camps here at the end of the month of January. So it's like, essentially you got guys kind of starting to gear up from February and they're playing from, or, you know, whatever, ramping up from February and playing all the way through September. And then if they go on to, you know, if you're into the playoffs, you're playing deeper into September. Um, if you're going to like a fall league or you're playing winter ball. So the big thing for us right now is making sure that, that foundational, you know, if you want to call it GPP work, we hit that a little bit earlier in the off season. Uh, but it's a lot more of the like higher volume early on, lower intensity for patterning work. And then now it's a bit more like max strength or maybe you have some guys getting the more power work. Um, but it's just making sure that we can hit that because as soon as the season comes around, those guys are, you know, they're baseball players and they need to be focusing on that. So we have to be a little bit more meticulous there. So again, uh, right now it's a lot of like staying in touch and making sure that we're really, really developing good work capacity and strength for the guys. Awesome. Um, I guess working in a professional organization, you see, you know, there's a, there's a lot of money. These these athletes are worth, you know, quite a bit of change. So for sure, in order to get to that level, like what are some of the things at the pro levels, whether it's, you know, they're playing, you know, double A or whatever they, they're being graded and whatever um, league they're playing in, what are some of the key things that allow them, number one, in order to get there, and number two, allow them to become Oh, to be successful in the long term. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And I, I think it I think it really does. Like there's a couple of ways you can look at it. Um, but I feel like this resonates the most with me right now after the past couple of years of working in it. Um it, it depends for people. Like you're gonna have <clears throat> some folks or some kids that come in that it's just they have that, you know, God given talent where they can, you know, throw a hundred or just hit the crap out of a ball. So it's like you're gonna have those individuals that maybe didn't have to work as hard for it, um, but just have it. And then you're going to have those other ones that maybe they didn't have it and they had to work really hard and they still may have more room to grow. But I think what it really kind of comes down to, to see the, the long-term success of both of those type of athletes <clears throat> is really just having uh, like a disciplined work ethic um, and also self-awareness of being willing to grow and like basically being, having the mindset that you have to go in every day and like you have to sharpen the knife that you can't, you can't necessarily sleep on what you're doing in the sense that there's so many teams that, that are out there, not even just within, you know, professional ball that we have within the U S it's like there's professional ball teams all over the world. We'll have guys that go play um, in like the Dominican, Japan, Europe. So it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, there's so much competition out there that you, you can't take things for granted and that you kind of have to have that student mindset where it's like, okay, here's what I have for the day. Here's what I've been given for the tools to help me, or this is how I've been, let's just say um, how I've been assessed and what my goals have been given to me is when you, when you see guys that really show ownership and really take that in and, you know, show their, their want to be there and they're consistent. That's probably the biggest thing that is a standout for guys because there's, there's been dudes that I've seen where it's, you know, it's an unfortunate side of the game, but guys will get cut. I mean, honestly, staff members can get cut too. Um, but it's like, you'll see so-and-so's on the cut list and it's like, you know, that's something tough to see as a coach, but I've seen also plenty of guys that have been on that list where it's like, they end up making it to the bigs. And the biggest thing that stands out for them is the fact that they always showed up no matter what happened. Um, and they would just continue to work, but also again, it was like, you're able to sit there and understand that there's going to be ebbs and flows. You can't freak out. You can't go too far off the path and you also can't slack off if you will. I'm talking for guys that'll want to do too much or guys that won't want to do enough. It's really the guys that can kind of control the emotions and have a good system day in and day out. Like that's going to provide the best structure for you to get 
you know, the best, the best that you can get to give you the, you know, go, go as far as you can go. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's more finding that middle ground between, you know, pushing yourself as hard as possible without burning yourself out. Um, but then it's then it really just kind of controlling that enthusiasm at the same time as well. Or if they've got a lack of enthusiasm, you've got to find ways to bring that enthusiasm up or that motivation up. Um, and maybe it's, you know, it's coming down to reestablishing goals with them, reestablishing some sort of focus and clear direction with them and kind of forging a bit of a path for them to actually, in order to, to really get where they want to be and probably more breaking it down. And I know if I've alluded to in previous uh, podcasts and, you know, talking about having like a training diary and really just tracking what you're doing. I know as, as strength coaches, we track what we do. It's, it's a really big thing. We want to make sure we're tracking the weights. In general, we want to see the weights go up over time. Or if we're doing power training um, or speed training, we want to see the velocity improve or whatever the sets and reps, um, the, the amount, amount of reps you can get done in a particular set should improve, right? If you're doing AMRAPs or something along those lines. We want to be able to track this. This gives us a general idea if they're actually moving in the right direction to actually show us that specific characteristic that we're really achieving. So if it's you know something about speed training, we're measuring you know a twenty meter dash, which is probably just over twenty about twenty two yards. You know, they might be doing doing in three point two seconds more for a junior athlete. The goal is we want to you know break that three second mark. You know, if we're not tracking that on a regular basis or at least frequent enough, it's like, how do we know what we're doing is actually going towards that direction where we know speed has a huge carryover into a lot of sports and that you know, research is out there. The faster you are, the more, the more dangerous you become um, for that particular sport. So it's it's one of those things yeah, where the the athlete themselves, there is some sort of account, um, onus and accountability on the athlete to, I guess, drive it, but us as um, as coaches or even the actual um, the skills coach or, or whoever it may be, the head coach should be able to create some sort of structure or system for them to be able to flourish. And I think that's our job as strength coaches is be, be able to facilitate that, but we're not necessarily trying to drive it. It's the, the athlete has to do the work at the end of the day. We just provide the tools, the resources, the soundboard, uh, the, the brick wall, you know, kind of keep them in into into their lane where they need to be in order to keep moving um, in the direction that they want to achieve. That's in, obviously that direction needs to be in line with the club's uh, direction as well. So if you're, if, if the Blue Jays are, you know, um, are looking to make the, the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs. Okay. You know, you have to break down to r- real big, uh, like really bite-sized chunks. What does that look? What does our uh, win loss need to be? You know, do we need to change the, the batting, uh, the batting structure do we need there's so many you know moving components when it comes to a club but then the athlete themselves can actually fit within that as well if they know and like you said before have that self-awareness of what their strengths and weaknesses are and then they address that specifically and create that awareness you know utilizing a training diary in that sense yeah no that's the nail on the head man for sure yeah I don't know how I explain things. It's just like, uh, I, I talk a lot of shit as you're already aware of. No, and it, it, it is, man. It's like, that's exactly what it is. And I think any, any strength coach out there would agree. It's, you know, everybody learns differently and, you know, some, some people, some athletes aren't going to learn after the first time, after the second time. Um, so it's really like, we just have to provide the framework and the foundation for them. Um, again like the thing that's different for us like when we were back at wisconsin together 
it's, you know, at that point, these are, they're student athletes. They're not professional athletes at that point. Um, I know there's been a lot changing and I, I can't really speak to what it's like necessarily, but I know there's more of like getting deals for them, this and that. But I mean, whether that's the comparison or maybe it's a, maybe it's a D3 athlete where it's like, nobody's getting paid to be there. It's like at the end of the day, at the pro level, if, if you know, say you gave whatever player a million dollars, 2 million, 3 million, whatever. I mean, there's been guys that have signed for, you know, 10 million and more. It's like, especially if that's a young person, it's, they're probably going to have some confidence there. The fact that they've been invested in quite with that much money, which again, like the team does see a lot of value there. But it's like at the end of the day, it's just making sure that we're doing everything that we can to allow for them to make the best decision for themselves, even if it's not going to be something that we would necessarily recommend. But that's where I've really thought over the past couple of years, too, is like and maybe we can use coach and teacher in the same way. But I really a lot of my stuff that I'm doing with guys is like, yeah, I'll coach them up. I'll have the cues, this and that. But that's what I love and what we're so fortunate with um, within the Blue Jays organization is like we have so many different ways for us to help guys understand what they need to be doing, whether it's through our, our force plates for doing jumps, if it's doing some stuff with uh, like GPS or like workload tracking, where we're able to track the amount of throws for guys or swing rotations. It's like we have so much stuff that you would traditionally have to go and look, <clears throat> excuse me, look to research of how somebody else did it in a very controlled setting. It's like we have, we have all that stuff available to us um, and even more where it's like we're essentially – doing our own research every day with these guys. And we have all these different individual cases where it's like, we're literally like we're, we're getting it as individualized for them as possible. So at the end of the day, it comes down to, it's like, Hey, it was a high training day for you. It was a moderate throwing day. Um, we did an easy cardio day and you said your rest was like this, by the way, the heart rate monitor or your HRV was at this. It's like, dude, we have so much stuff here for you. Again, I can't do the work for you, but I'm, I'm giving you everything that we can. So that's, that's what I've really loved about it. And not even just with the Jays, but it's like, that's our field, right? It's like, we're trying to educate people and get them on the right path for whatever their goal might be. If it's just getting in shape, if it's, you know, making it to the 40 man roster or playing in the world series or whatever it might be. Um, but it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And I, again, I was kind of short and sweet with it because at the same time I was like, you know, you said everything that I wanted to, but then I also thought about this as you're talking to of like kind of that teacher role, um, and working with the different different personality types throughout sports. Yeah, and I guess going from to the practical sense in terms of the preparatory work. So, what do you like to see when rookies do enter the system? You know, you might have <clears throat> I'm not too sure what the um the draft eligibility rule is um over there for baseball, but what is the what is the rule? So, because I know with NBA you just got to do one season of college, then you can get, you can enter the draft. NFL is a little bit different. You could do three seasons um, before you can enter the draft. So what, what's the eligibility? Oh, I can't even say the word. How do you become eligible? <laughs> eligibility. <laughs> eligibility. There yeah. we go. How do you become, um, I guess, how do you enter that? Enter that, um, And how many years do you have to do um, in baseball before you can, I guess, enter the draft? Sure. Um, that's actually a really good question. I don't know the full answer to it. I can kind of speak on like what we have. Um I think for uh, like, I know we have some really young Latin players um, and now that's like an international draft. Um, but I mean, we're talking like, we'll, we'll easily have teenagers. Like I'm not talking like we have 13 year olds, but primarily it's like, you know, by the time a guy gets stateside um, to working in the complex, you're probably working with, you know, 17, 18 year olds within our rookie level team. Um, 
So, and again, without knowing like the nuances of like how old do you have to be before you're el eligible to be drafted, that I'm not sure. Um, but what I will say, like to kind of look into preparatory stuff from like an SNC side of things too, though, is with the players first year within the organization, uh, like the the biggest focus is just kind of introducing them to like the Blue Jay way, if you will, where it's like, hey, you know, from an SNC standpoint, it's going to be like, hey, man, like you got to make sure that you're preparing your body every day. You're going to be playing baseball every day for the rest of your pro career, like you're going to have to come in and do some preparatory work. Here's the training that we value. You know, we want to make sure that you're hitting full ranges of motion, that you can control tempo work, um, that you have good, you know, proximal stability, all, all these different things. But it's really, it really just comes down to the routine side of, are you preparing? Um, are you getting your work in? And then are you recovering? And that kind of goes for everything from, you know, S&C, athletic training, because um, they're going to have uh, uh, arm care programs for them. They're going to have some ranges of mobility that we'd like to be able to maintain. And that's a collaboration between SNC and the uh, athletic training coaches, I suppose is the abbreviation for it. Um, and then same thing from like a mental performance side, you know, are you mindful? Are you, are you cognizant of, you know, what you have to focus on for the day? Are you, are you using a training journal? Are you journaling? Um, and then from the dietitians as well, like, are you hitting all your meals or if you have a weight gain goal, are you getting, you know, the mass gainers or getting your snacks and that you need to do? So it, it really is just, it's a lot of the foundational stuff and, um, I think the reason why it is so important is because a lot of people will look over that where it's, you know, maybe you make it to the pros or that next level. Maybe you make it to, you know, your, um, sorry, what would the term be? Like uh, a school recruits you and you make it onto a college team. You know, you get all excited and you think you've made it, but it's like, no, you have to continue doing what you're doing. It's really not a ton of different things. It's just the fact that now your competition is that much better and you really need to, you know, refine this foundational stuff that you're doing because uh, yeah. you got to, it's like the saying, the best ability is availability. Yeah, it's like um, every time you enter a new world, so whether it's going from high school to college or college to professional, you know, yes, you are being <clears throat> selected because you may be at the top 1% of that pool. So if you go from high school, mm. and maybe you go to LSU, you know, big baseball program there. And then you're, you're being, you're basically, yes, you are the top, you might be the top guy in high school, but now you kind of have to work your way up again. But the standards mm -hmm. higher, as you as you alluded to before, and then as you yeah. you know you might play for two or three years and uh, I guess imp improve and develop more of a foundation. Whilst with um, LSU, then you might have a breakout year. Then you might enter the draft or you might get selected. I'm not too sure how it works, but then then you enter the rookie program. So then you're starting at the bottom again. So every time you enter a different organization, whether it's high school, college, or professional. You are technically starting at the bottom again, but you kind of, like you said, is you're learning the system or you're learning the way that that organization has been successful as well. So it's all about just laying that foundational work. And it, look, it's the same here in Australia as well when it comes to, um, especially with with um, high school sports um, and then also like junior programs, is we skip the foundational work. The foundational work is kind of like laying the concrete slab. It ain't sexy. It doesn't look good. But it will enable you to be more successful because you, you, everything else can be built built upon top on on that. And mm. the longer that you can build on that foundational work, the the higher the peak is going to be. It's, yes, it's going to take a little bit more time, but it's going to be a lot more sustainable success. Your ebbs and flows, you know, your high high your highs will be highs, but your lows won't be that low, which I think mm. is a really really important thing because. If you've kind of skipped pre-season, off-season, 
then you kind of come into preseason, you're playing a lot of catch up. I, re I remember reading an article that was about a player who plays professional rugby league up in Queensland and he came back 10 kilos or 22 pounds overweight. So basically, um, the coach said, it, it alluded to this, he basically entered like his own fat camp. So he has to drop yeah. a lot of that weight for the, for the off season. Um, and he's doing it by himself. So he's got two weeks to drop, try and drop a lot of weight in order to return back, back to the club. And it's that kind of work because what you'll find is the more that, that all organizations do in terms of whether they um, build their arsenal of coaches and like really good players and their scouting improves over time. Um, I think the movie Moneyball comes to mind as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Great movie. You have, you understand the players <clears throat> and the resources you have available and they really maximize, they really stretch their dollar. Um, yeah. Okay. to Oakland. That's what's going to happen. It becomes more of an arms race between organizations as well. And then you're keeping up with what the, the general trend is. Then if you're doing really well or being really consistent, that is valued upon other clubs as well. Then they might put an offer in that your current club probably can't match. Then it becomes more of yeah. a bidding war. Then, you, then basically your value as a player has improved or has increased. Right, it's your, it's your market value. It's like it's almost like working on your property. You buy a property, the the dumpster fire. You might have paid three hundred thousand dollars for it. You know, it might be a nice area, but it looks like crap. You know, you pump in an extra hundred thousand dollars, you do it up, and then what is it worth now? It's worth like five hundred, five fifty, whatever it may be. It's it's pretty much yeah. like that essentially, where you know you kind of have to treat yourself as a property or a house where you're trying to build up the value and equity within the organization that you're in obviously you're learning and developing and developing a robust body you know then you might develop the stats for that to constitute the value for someone else to purchase you yeah yeah no that, that's a really good way to look at it and i mean you, you you see it all the time i mean whether it's players or coaches um you know if there's a coach at some place that isn't getting the job done um they'll be done they'll look to bring somebody else in maybe they were you know, whatever sport you're in, if they're an assistant coach or something like that, or even at a lower level, somebody really likes them, seeing what they've done. Um, I mean, I, I've even seen too, there was a, uh, there's a football coach here in the U.S., like U.S. football um, or American football. Um, but he was a division three football coach. And I think with the time that he was in D3 sports, he went something crazy, like 111 and nine. And it's something around that ballpark. And it was over like 10 plus years. So it's like this guy just absolutely dominated. Uh, he goes up, gets to like a smaller D1, and now he's the um, he's the head coach over at Kansas. And within like, if you look at his past three years, it's like the first year, you know, nothing too great. Next year, they're about like a 500 team. And then I think it was like this year, they went like nine and two or something or whatever the records were, I don't know. But it basically went from like less than a 20% win rate to 50%. And now it's like, we're looking at, you know, 80 to like a 90%. So it just... It, it's so much as it doesn't matter if you're a player or if you're a coach, it's really just building that equity, like you said, and showing your value to everybody around you. But I mean, again, it, it comes down to the end of the day for a lot of us though, especially for coaches. Like the reason why we do it is because we enjoy helping people. Um, not that players don't like help helping people, but at the end of the day, like that's their career and they have to compete a little bit different in that sense, but it does always come back to like build that value. Keep an eye out on the second installment of our conversation. If you want to stay updated on the latest episodes, 
make sure to subscribe to Inner Athlete on both YouTube and Spotify.